Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh my goodness, you are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Gerilyn Steele. It is what I love to do is sit here and gab with you on a Sunday night. And I tell you, there's a lot going on. At about 8.10, we're going to talk about some uh, some talk items that you've probably been asking about, wondering what's happening, like... You know, the question I have is, since Ukraine is not a part of NATO, why are we involved, right? Uh, And some other people have asked that question, but I haven't read their responses. So I'm curious to get yours. We're going to open up those phone lines for you um, when we get a chance to talk at 810. So don't forget about that. The number that you would call is 651-461-9226. Did I get it right, Jonathan? That is correct. Yes! That's awesome. You have no idea how I suffered on that one. (laughs) So if you can uh, give us a call at 810 and we're going to talk about some items that, you know, I know you care about as much as um, the rest of us do. So 651-461-9226 will be the number you'll call at 810. All right, we have an amazing show lined up for you today. My two new producers are Chris Tubbs, who handles the Center Stage Hour, and, of course, Craig Schofer. We call him Hammer, and he is handling the others. And um, I just love, love, love um, having them right now, working with them and getting to know them better. So this is really awesome. Hey, I have some good news and some bad news. Unfortunately, my son, Michael Battle, will not be able to join us tonight because he is at a big event, which I hope we will talk talk about next Sunday night. Um, So we're going to miss him. It's just going to be me and Jonathan. Jonathan, you didn't even know that, did you? (laughs) This is what they call in the business uh, news to me. Uh Uh-huh. News to you. There you go. Well, Jonathan, um, it's been a a whirlwind this week for me. There's been a lot going on. Um, You know, I talked about beauty not long ago and what that means in different countries, especially in our country. And you know, this whole idea about TikTok, I know that our Attorney General, Keith Ellison, was really interested in dealing with this. He wrote a long letter about it. And, you know, these children that are really involved in TikTok and how dangerous it can be, and the teenagers who are just getting this hate crime, I mean, people are trying to cancel them and that sort of thing. It is out of control. And I keep saying to myself, why? Why do people want to hurt people to the point of death? to the point of death. So we're going to talk about that later on, but I'd love to get your um, thoughts on it right now. I I don't think it's anything that is, that has changed over time or that is really, uh, 
I don't know, grown over time, I guess you'd, you'd say. I just think that the, the medium that we are having or the, or the medium that we have, the technology that we have to spread these kind of messages, to spread these kind of, of ill will and ill feelings, they've just changed. It's just expanded a little bit, and it's just grown to the point where it's more accessible. So I don't think that in the time that we had, you know, we were making phone calls or we were writing letters or we were uh, – we used carrier pigeons or stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that that's changed. I think this, that's been human nature since the beginning. It's just that the means of reaching out and communicating with people have gotten easier, have gotten – well, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to say easier. It's gotten more dangerous. Uh, no, dangerous. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's gotten more dangerous. I just think it's it's easier to cast a broader net. It's easier mm-hmm. to reach out to more people at a, at a single time than it was thirty years ago, a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, um, and really. All this is done. You, you talk about TikTok being uh, this this danger now. All it is is it's just continued to pass from one social media platform to another. Uh, it was Facebook has you know the last two or three years even Facebook has been such a danger to uh, right. to young to young kids. And then yeah. it was to the point Instagram. they changed their name. They changed. Yes. I mean I couldn't believe it. And yes, it's, it hasn't caught on much. People are still just going. Oh, you know, it's just Facebook. Yeah, um, no, but I will it, say this: I wish now. we had more time to talk about this, but we have run out of time. But I will say this, Jonathan: I am also going to talk about the teacher strike that may happen tomorrow. Um, and I know you've had plenty of people on the radio this past week really talking about it. Um, I not have me. A, the 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 people the the people, the people that, yeah, that run the radio time. said not me. Exactly. I, okay. I, okay. I didn't have nobody. You don't take any. Okay. <laughs> I was. This is here. not a joke. I was this is not, not a here. joke. Do not blame the person running the ship right now. Uh, well, I will say that this is so critically important right now that we have to stay on top of this. If oh, it sure. does decide, because tomorrow's the tenth day, if it if they do decide to, you know, just say no, stop. We're not. We're not going to work. We're just going to. We're going to stop. If they decide to to protest and try to get something done, I get it. I just don't know how long this whole thing is going to take, what this process may do to the children, to the parents, to the uh, employers, you know, who are looking forward to bringing people back in. And then if their children are at home, you can't leave them home alone, you know. So it's just kind of it's a really mix of things that are happening right now. It feels like everything is is falling internally, but it's not. It's not, and we're going to talk about that in the 8 o'clock hour as well. All right, I want to talk about our first guest that is going to come up in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about daylight saving time. I don't know if you remember, Jonathan, we talked about this last year. And this we is an ongoing it. discussion. It is, it and it's kind of every come year. on every this year. It's like, ev- if what are we going to do? We're either going to do it and change over and just keep it the way it is the whole year, or are we going to just stick with this? Why does this keep coming up? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if anybody else in the world actually does this. I don't know if Canada does. I don't think Canada does. I don't think Mexico does it. I don't think. I don't know if any other country in the world changes time like we do in this country. I really don't. 
we should look that up. But I, I must say, it's the same thing every year. And I, I keep wondering, why haven't you just pulled the plug? If that's what we want, then go ahead and just either keep it the way it is or change it over. Oh, my gosh. It's just so frustrating. <laughs> so all that and more is coming up. Also, we're going to have a guest that I just adore, Alexander. Um, sorry, Pamela Alexander, um, retired judge. And we are going to talk about Kentanji Brown Jackson, who's been nominated uh, to the Supreme Court and what that process is really all about. Uh, Pam Alexander, um, Judge Pam Alexander, I should say, she was one of those um, that were really hoping that a black woman would get that position. And not just a black woman, but a black woman worthy. And there are so many. It's a beautiful thing. All I want is just someone that knows that they are going to be the best they can be. And I do agree with this choice from what I've read about her. Um, and I'm excited about it. So we got a lot to talk uh, about tonight. Wh- right, real quick before we go to break. I did find something Uh-oh. according to webexhibits.org. Uh-huh. Uh, there are seven, approximately 70 countries today that have some form of daylight savings time in at least some portion of their country. Okay. So then we know we're not alone. It doesn't we're make you alone. feel any better. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but we do. And it's important to talk about it if it's going to change. If it's going to stay the same, then just say, hey, you guys, it's going to stay the same. They made that decision. We can just go on with our lives. But, man, here we go again. So my guest is going to join us to talk about this. And there's a lot to say according to what I'm reading. Dr. Andrew Stein will be next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It is now 722 here at WCCO. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. It is what I love to do is be here with you and this first guest. We're going to talk about daylight saving time. This is happening next Sunday. And as you know, it comes around every year. But some people have been saying, can't we just stop the whole daylight savings time and just move on with it like other states and other places do? Well, joining us to kind of explain why this is so important is Dr. Andrew Steam. And we appreciate you joining joining us tonight, sir. Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you. Um, 
Here's the problem. A lot of us think that this is not important anymore. But as I read about Daylight Saving Time, which is happening next Sunday, um, it means it's time to spring forward, of course. But the loss of an hour of sleep can throw off our body's natural rhythm. Um, now, you are a pulmonologist over at Alina Health. And I just want to know if you believe right off the top that the difference that it will make is important enough for us to change in the state of Minnesota? Yeah, a- absolutely, is the short answer. There is uh, compelling evidence that particularly the week after we spring forward, there are more motor vehicle accidents, uh, there are more heart attacks and more cardiovascular events. I mean, this does have an impact on our overall health. In addition to just how we feel, I don't know many people that are looking forward to waking up on Sunday morning. So then if this is that important where you talk about our health, um, why haven't we changed it so far? What, what is stopping us? Um, I, 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 it's a little bit of a legislative act. Um, I think there are competing interests. You know, if from a purely health perspective, it's a no-brainer. The clock has to stop changing. Um, but there's more than just health. Uh, there, there's the competing interest of having daylight in the afternoon to have time for our activities beyond work. Um, and that's uh, the, the main counterbalancing issue. Uh, it's nice when the kids have a sporting event after school that there's light for it. It's nice when we do social things after work that there's light for it. It's nice to have a little bit of that time later in the day. So that's the, the competing interest. Um, for me, when you balance health versus the benefit of light later in the day, I, I think health wins. How does it um, affect our economy? When we are, when we decide to change, um, it depends on which sector of the uh, economy that you're in. Um, the, well, some of the big uh, proponents of daylight savings time, or particularly the uh, uh, the entertainment and the outdoors industry, uh, because we definitely favor those activities when we have more light later in the day. Okay, so then. If this is going to happen, and I think the biggest problem for me is that I don't always work hard to make sure that I'm rested enough to get up earlier or to go to bed later. I, I think I have to make better decisions when the clock changes. You know, sometimes I get up and I'm rushing, and I wonder if that's really the key to why we need to make this change individually. The the the, the body is not foolish. I mean, it knows just because the hour on the clock changed doesn't mean the way your body operates magically is different. Um, and so it's going to very much feel the consequence to that clock changing. So when it's magically an hour different at bedtime, it might make it harder to go to bed. And when it's magically an hour uh, later in the morning, um, it makes it harder to wake up. I mean, 6 a.m. that was 7 a.m. the day before is just not an easy thing for our bodies to switch to. Um, but usually, for most of us, over time, we're able to train. Our routine takes over uh, to a greater extent, and the new routine does help us acclimate to the new schedule. Okay, so I was told growing up um, that if you didn't get enough sleep, you know, if we changed to a different system, that you would sleep better, you would be okay, you wouldn't need to have all this daylight savings time. Um, but today, that still, it tells us, I'm reading here, that the sooner you start preparing, the easier the transition will be. Go to bed 10 to 15 minutes earlier each night and wake up 10 to 15 minutes earlier in the morning if you can. Do you agree with that? Yeah, a 15-minute change or a 10-minute change that you make every one or two days over the next week is better than a one-hour change that you make over the weekend. 
So if you can make it a little bit more gradual, it does help take the edge off a little bit. So why not just stick with that and keep using that all the time? Maybe we'll we'll feel like we're rested more. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> it would be. I mean, there there is really a reason. They call it standard time. If you put 100 smart people in a room and just kind of built the clock around the way they felt and when the sun was high, that's what standard time is. It's kind of what our body naturally gravitates to. Daylight saving time was was all about saving some of that light for later in the day to pr- allow some of these other activities. It is not the body's normal time. I don't think I've ever heard about how alcohol and caffeine close to bedtime really affects us when it comes to um, our, our standard daylight time. Um, and I, I keep asking myself, if that's the case, I'm in trouble because I am a caffeine nut, you know. <laughs> so then how am I affected um, during this difficult time, really, for our bodies? Um, how, do, how does it affect me and what should I do? I mean, if I'm, if I'm doing four to six hours beforehand drinking that coffee, that's one thing. But what happens when I'm getting a cup at nine o'clock at night? No, uh, don't get me wrong. Caffeine is a gift from God. Um, Thank but, you. <laughs> the, 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 however, your body's going to be asleep at a time it's not really used to being asleep at, which already is going to make sleep a little bit awkward from the body's perspective. Now, if you add a stimulant into the mix, which caffeine is, um, and you're adding it's a little bit the time I'm not accustomed to, plus my body's a little bit stimulated, the sleep quality is not going to be quite what you'd like it to be. Uh, and it can just make it that much harder to fall asleep as easily as you'd like to fall asleep. Um, the alcohol also can be helpful to help people fall asleep. It kind of it can take the edge off, help people relax. But even though it helps you fall asleep, it might actually disrupt the sleep that follows. You have to wake up a little bit more to urinate. And some of the biochemical effects that alcohol has in the brain just makes sleep a little bit more disruptive, disrupted than it could be. Um, alcohol also can relax uh, the throat a bit more, narrow the throat, and can contribute to risk for sleep apnea. What about children? I know that's really challenging to make that difference in an hour, especially my oldest granddaughter who has to leave the house between 7.15 and 7.30. Well, you know, that's a problem with kids is so much of their routine is the school's routine. Uh, and, and they're going to be anchored to the school schedule, which is just going to magically change uh, in a week. But what you can control is the after-school schedule, uh, and, and kids are creatures of habit and routine. So you want to change the kids' routine and change the hours of the kids' routine, maybe by a half hour this week. Get them up a half hour earlier and put them to bed you know, a half hour differently as well so that they can get a, sm- a slight move into the new schedule and, as opposed to a dramatic one over the weekend. I like that idea. I'll share that with my daughter for sure. I, re- I really appreciate you joining us tonight. This is important to talk about, but I sure want this to be resolved. I just wish we could make a decision. What is your decision? Um, I, I think the clock needs to stop changing. And, and I think there's a reason it's standard time, and we should probably favor year-round standard time. Uh, and that's what the, uh, our National Academy recommends as well. So the American Academy of Sleep Medicine really thinks we should be on a year-round standard time. Well, sometimes we need to say it twice. I appreciate you doing that, sir. Thank you, Dr. Stein, for joining us, Steam, for joining us, and I hope we'll have you on again. Uh, you're very much welcome. It would be my pleasure. All right. Again, he's with Alina Health. He's a pulmonologist, Dr. Andrew Steam. Um, and I tell you, these are some pretty interesting things that we learned tonight. So stay tuned. Coming up next is weather.
Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talk, and I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. I am so excited for my next guest because I have known her for many years. She is a remarkable woman. She uh, is a retired judge now, and she has served so beautifully, so beautifully for our great state of Minnesota. And she's joining me tonight to talk about Kantanji Kentanji Brown Jackson, always get it mixed up, who has been nominated as a black woman to the Supreme Court, and I'm so excited about it. Pam Alexander is joining us, retired judge. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. I'm excited, and I'm also excited to talk to you. You know how much I love you. <laughs> oh, I love you too. We've known each other for so many years, and I'm so thankful for it. So let's jump into this. You know, we've heard um, so many uh, saying her name on their lips, right? In so many various communities, people are blown away by her <laughs> resume. They they are really starting to feel stronger and stronger about her possibly being on the Supreme Court. What is the first thing that you would say many Americans are worried about having a black woman on the Supreme Court? You know, I don't think that they need to be worried uh, at all. When I looked at this list of of African-American women that the president was um, contemplating, there was not one of them that wasn't stellar. So these women were in our uh, eminently qualified, very strong women, um, and I think he could have picked any one of them. Um, Katanji Brown Jackson is a phenomenal judge. She has uh, years of experience uh, as a judge, which is um, really a little bit unusual <laughs> for the Supreme Court, I hate to say. And she also has, uh, she comes from such a stellar background. She will be phenomenal. Uh, I think her uh, her background, her family, everything just makes her um, really, she's going to be a standout on the court. And I think, uh, you know, she, he couldn't have made a better pick in my view. The question that they've been asking on a specific um, network, <laughs> news network, about her is, why does she have to be black? Why in the world would Biden say we need a black woman on? Why can't we just say we need someone great on uh, the Supreme Court? I think that's a ridiculous question. What do you say to someone who actually says that? Well, you know, the problem is, is that I think um, court should always reflect the population. This has been a court that has been mostly uh, exclusively white males uh, and um, has only had, I believe, um, I don't know, what is it, six? It should be the sixth female ever on this court. And I think that um, we bring very unique views we have because our life experience is unique and you do bring your life experience to the court when you come when she comes there as an african-american woman she's had experiences that a lot of other people haven't uh just like uh, justice sonia sotomayor did and i think that when you bring those experiences to the court you expand the court's view um the same way thurgood marshall did um uh in the days that in the years that he served on the court he brought a perspective that needed to be listened to and she will bring a perspective that's been missing you know having been a first uh on <laughs> on uh, the court uh in minnesota 
um, you know, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny and people are going to say, well, why, why, why? They're going to do all kinds of other things. But my question is, why not? Why not? Why so, not? And I think, you know, there should be maybe two or three. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't see why we should stop. Nobody says, why should there be white men? Mm, and there's always been the white men. Nobody says, why should there be white women? There's been white women. But mm-hmm. there has never been an African-American woman on this court, and that is a travesty in 2022. Okay, so, so my question Mike, is, why not more ahead. than one? Why not let's more than one? Not. There you go. Why not more than one? <laughs> let, let's, get, let's get a couple more of those sisters that were up there. They're all eminently qualified. Why not? Right. And here's the thing. I say, why? Yes. Okay. We know that when President Barack Obama became president, there were young black boys that changed. They wanted to do better. It's like, oh, he can become president. Maybe I can become president. There were more African-American males graduating from high school. Now, here we are looking at a possible Supreme Court justice who is an African-American woman. I can only imagine the girls um, that are looking into law could say, oh, my goodness, if she is on the Supreme Court, I could be there one day, too. Those are really important moments in our country. But it feels as though they're squashing those down. How do you see it? Well, I, you know, any time that there, uh, anybody says anything about race, people want to get their backs up. And I don't understand it. This, this country has been um, talking about nothing but race, really in terms of the law for many Years. That's why we have the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. I'm trying to figure out why this discussion is all of a sudden taboo. Why uh, thinking about a black woman is something that all of a sudden is not uh, something we should consider. Oh, let's just consider great women. No, let's consider who you've always excluded. Let's consider why you've excluded this particular group. I do not believe since 1900, since we've had the Supreme Court, that there weren't other African-American women that could have served on this court, but they never got the opportunity until 2022. That is something that I think people should be ashamed of. And you shouldn't be questioning it at this time. There's been a number of women that could have served on the uh, U.S. Supreme Court. There's been a number of African-American men who could have served on the Supreme Court, but yet we've only had two. So my question is always, why, when it is a person of color, we have to ask these questions when you never ask these questions when they're all white? It seems as though our country cannot get over the accomplishments of more and more African-Americans. And as they keep moving up, as we keep moving up as a collective, we're starting to really see what we can be. Even though we've always wanted that, we didn't see necessarily that we can be it. What do you think is the next step for for um, the women, the six that we were talking about, um, how wonderful they are, how important they are to the system? How do you think they are looking at this? I know that they are lifting her up, Ms. Brown up. I know that they are thinking, okay, she's she's the one for now that they're looking at to be the Supreme Court um, judge. They also must be sitting there, you know, with, with moist hands trying to figure out, oh, my gosh, when this happens, then what happens to our country? I think it will affect everything. Do you agree? I think that there will be a a train of thought. There will be more discussion. There will be more inclusivity. I think that 
I, and I know that she will bring a civility to the bench that they need uh, sorely right now. Because, you know, she used to be like a stand-up comic when she was in college. <laughs> she did the improv. <laughs> so she's probably going to be a real fun sister to be around. So I'm exactly. thinking that she's going yeah, to bring a perspective probably that they uh, haven't heard. But, you know, judges overall tend to lean conservative. I hate to tell, I hate to say that to people, but that's generally because when you get and you delve into the law, you have to figure out, you know, how you can, how it can move forward, how we can look at it, how we can hold our democracy and our principles of democracy high. And then how can we make sure that it includes everybody? She can talk about those issues from her own personal experience. And that's something that everybody cannot do. As a retired judge, I can imagine you watching this and knowing some of the women and hearing the stories behind them and talking to your own sisterhood about what could be happening soon. Um, as this unfolds for you, the many years that you served, how many years did you serve Minnesota? Was it 18? No, 35. 35, 35. Yeah, I was, a, yeah, I was appointed in 1983, yeah, and I left in 2018, wow. so uh, a lot of years. But one of the things that I wanted to do, and I think that I did, um, was bring other uh, women behind me. And there were many uh, women of color who came uh, after I left. Actually, uh, there was an African-American woman who actually assumed my seat, and, I, and I'm exceedingly proud of her. But we have, I think now, um, you know, obviously when I started, there was only one. Now there, I believe, are nine um, African-American women judges uh, in the state. Um, and I, because when I came on, there were only four African-American judges in the state. Uh, now there's many, many more. So I, I was hopeful that my serving in uh, trying to hold the standards that I uh, felt, and I really put up probably more pressure on myself than I needed to, but I wanted to make sure that people said, okay, she served well so we can appoint others without any issues because there's always that, you know, they're always looking at you going, oh, gee, is she qualified? Well, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Or is she smart enough? Yes. You know, it's always those same things that you hear. The same thing that they said about Barack Obama. Did he really graduate from Harvard? What were his grades? What were the, you know, all that cra- craziness. When um, the credentials have always been there. So now give us the opportunity to serve. Um, And basically, you know, I've always felt that we had to work real hard to get to be recognized. Um, And, you know, I mean, uh, Judge Jackson was editor of Law Review in law school. That is no small feat. Graduated with honors. Come on. (laughs) I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. And so to sit up and say, you know, and she's been a judge for almost nine years. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is a ton of accomplishment for someone who's only 50 years old or 51 years old. And I think that she is spectacular. I don't think that there could, you could pick anybody better um, she's written, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of opinions, probably been, you know, and, and all of us are, have been reversed, but she's probably been reversed less than a dozen times. That is pretty phenomenal. Um, 
because I'm going to tell you, you know, because I obviously I served a lot longer and I wrote thousands and thousands and thousands of opinions that people have looked at and picked apart and done whatever. And you just have to, you know, but she did her job. Her job is to decide cases and she decides them. And she does it uh, with grace and intellect. And I'm extremely excited about her. I am extremely excited about it. I talked to my oldest granddaughter, who's nine years old, about her. Um, I make sure she has books about women who are succeeding in those places where we didn't know they could exceed, and many of them are women of color. So I am so excited to share this story with her as well. Now, as we move forward as a nation, whatever happens, and I do hope that it goes in the way I want to see it, because uh, I think Katenji Brown can do it, no doubt about it. And I think I know she can do it. Um, but the challenge is how our history is being written. As we know, there are books being thrown out. People keep trying to change the history that we are living today. Um, what are, or do you have any concerns when it comes to putting out someone like a Katanji Brown Jackson or someone like a Pamela Alexander um, to change the story around and make it seem as though you're not worthy or she wouldn't be worthy? Well, you know what, I think that as um, as women and African-American women uh, especially, I think that we, you know, as a society have, have not been valued to the degree that we should be. So I think it, but I also think it's incumbent upon us to be able to tell our story and make sure that our story is told in our words. And I think that, um, uh, and I'll say when um, Judge Brown Jackson is confirmed, you know, she will make, she will be a star. And you can't actually say that she can be erased out of history. She can't be. She's there and she's going to be there and she will make um, uh, a name for herself for the decisions that she'll make going forward. Um, because you can't, you can't sit around and just pluck out parts of our history and act like we're not here. We are here. We've been here. We've been here. Uh, since the 1700s, 1600s, and we will continue to, and we will continue to make contributions to this country. And you can't just decide you're going to wipe that out because you don't want anybody to know it. But we come from a very unique history, and we're here, and we're not going anywhere. Isn't that the <laughs> so truth? Think, Isn't that the truth? Yeah, and I, 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 I kind of want to say, um, especially when people say, well, we don't want to talk about uh, African-American history. We don't want to say, you know, we don't want our children to know. Well, why don't you want them to know? Why don't you want them to know the true history of this country and what has happened and the contributions that we've made, which have been many? And uh, Judge Brown Jackson will be making a lot of contributions as she moves forward. Um as you know, all of the, a bunch of the sitting judges are now. We there's some pretty spectacular judges that sit on the D.C. Court of Appeals, and I know several of them, and they're just real dynamic women. And I wish that people knew more about these sisters, but I'll just yeah. tell you, um, they they're there, they're going to be there, and hopefully we'll have an opportunity to tell our stories. And um, I'm going to certainly try to tell mine. I'm in the process of trying to write a book myself. But I really do think that people need to know um, people who are history makers um, and that we put that in curriculum so that it can be there for our children who come behind us. 
one of the things that helped me uh, in my educational journey was learning about myself. And I was able to do that at the Twin City Institute for Talented Youth and my with my professor, Mahmoud Al-Khati, so, uh, who taught me <laughs> much more um, than I was learning uh, in my regular public schools. So in learning about myself and my history made me push forward and made, made my intellectual curiosity go to the law and how the law impacted African-American people. And so um, that was what catapulted me forward. And I think that that can also be done for kids coming behind us. So I think that this is great for young people. It's great for young women. It's great for young African-American women that decide to wear braids. It's the whole nine yards. (laughs) I'm talking to Bobby Joe about that uh, tonight is the hair and, and how that happens in the, in the corporate world. I cannot tell you how grateful I am that you joined us tonight. Um, You have been a successful uh, black judge for years. You lawyer, administrator and community activist. We need to say that because it's important and I just want to say thank you for everything you've poured into so many black children, so many black women like me and my sisters. And I just want to want you to know if I could ever have you on again, I'm calling. I'm calling. You came on this time. I'm calling. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Take care, Pam. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, my goodness. I'm sitting here shaking because <laughs> this is really an exciting time. we got to take a break and come back in a moment. As we wrap up this half hour, I tell you, um, I was shaking talking to Pam Alexander because I've known her for so many years and um, and how much she has accomplished in her life. And to know that there are more and more black women that are going into law and really succeeding, going as high as they can. So just know that you should read as much as you can about Kentanji Brown Jackson before you make a decision or before you judge because of the, the style of her hair or the color of her skin. So just... Just keep reading, keep learning, keep growing. We'll be back. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 